from the city of brotherly love, this is Shark Bite Biz with David Strausser. You just arrived to the newest episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your rock star wannabe host, David Strausser, and this is your place to learn how to grow a business during complete global chaos. As always, this episode is sponsored by our fabulous host and SAP Global Platinum Partner, Sador, S-E-I-D-O-R. If your business is ready to move off QuickBooks, ready to help automate some of those business processes and really take the next step in your business growth, hit them up, sador.com. They'll be able to hook you up with an SAP solution for your size business. Now let's get back to today's episode. Let's chat about hard work, dedication, and making your dreams come true. So who do we have today? None other than Mr. Claudio Rosano. Claudio is entering his 18th year as head baseball coach at Carnegie Mellon University, 22nd year as the GM and pro baseball scout with the Global Scouting Bureau. He is also the owner and president of Claudio Rosano Enterprises, which works in baseball, media development, impact speaking, and, of course, Rosano Landscaping. He's also authored a book back in 2020 called Lead from the Heart, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field and in the Office. Lastly, he is the host and or co-host for several different shows, which include TV, radio, and also podcasts. So, hey, without further delay, let's get Claudio right on in here. Personal Growth. Claudio, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend, you just became Shark Bait. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. I've been looking forward to it. You have a great show, and uh, again, excited to be on. Thank you. Definitely, definitely. Actually, someone that has listened to the show before coming on, so you know what you're in store for. I'm ready to go. That's good. That's good. Ready for everything, prepared for anything. I kind of live for that, live by that. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So, hey, we got a tradition here in the show. Very first question for every single guest, okay? What's your background? What's your experience? What do you do for a living? How'd you get there? Who are your parents? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding about that one. I always mention my parents. I always mention my parents. There, there you go. Hey, they're they're a big part of who we are today. Unfortunately, for better or for worse, that's how it works out. But please, in a nutshell, tell us what makes Claudio Claudio. Uh, okay, I'll try not to go too long, but I am the head baseball coach at Carnegie Mellon University. I'm also the general manager of professional baseball scout with the Global Scouting Bureau. I own a company called Claudio Ralsano Enterprises, which deals with baseball training, media, and show programs and, and uh, creation. And I do some motivational speaking, wrote a book, and I also have several uh, shows. I have a <clears throat> boxing TV show called The Boxing Authorities with two great guys, Luther Dupree Jr. and Smokin' Jim Frazier. I'm sure we'll get to that. Hold on, hold on. You, that, that, that's an actual TV show. You're talking, right? Yes. Okay, okay. Because I saw that you said that, like, hey, I have a boxing TV show. I thought you meant boxing, like the boxing that's on TV. That's what your show's about. Hey, mind blown. Uh, it's an actual TV show. You don't, it, it, the thing is, is that you don't hear that too often anymore these days. Like, I have a TV show, you know, uh, whereas it's more like, hey, yeah, you know, I'm the host of this, I'm the host of that, or 
I just got a Netflix series or they produced a movie, but hearing TV show, you know, is something I, it's rare. You're probably the first, uh, well, we've had Soledad O'Brien on the show, but you're one of the first uh, actual real TV hosts we've had on the show. Well, I'm 58 years old, so I'll probably make a lot of old references, TV shows, variety shows. But um, you know, we, have a, we have a great TV show with Luke Debris Jr. and Smoking Jim Frazier. Then I host a podcast, which is called The Claudio Relsano Show, which is pretty creative, where I interview a lot of sports legends of the 70s, 80s, and 90s. I host a basketball coaches podcast. And recently, uh, along with Steve Mancini, we host a radio show here in Pittsburgh called Italian Impact Weekly. So uh, do a lot of different things. My very first question, how the heck do you find time for all of that? That's the number one question that I get. As a matter of fact, I was speaking to my daughter about it today. I have a checklist. I have a checklist of things every day. So usually about 15, 16 different things. And to be honest with you, I don't waste time. I don't stay on, and everybody does what they do with Facebook, Twitter, or they take too long to do something. I want to do it, get it done, get in, get it done, get it done right, and get out. That's where I drive my current company nuts. I, I As I was telling you earlier, I just changed jobs, and that's why I've had to hold off and book in a lot of guests until I got in here, saw my schedules, and knew what times I could do appointments. And it benefited you because I was able to get you in pretty much within a week. So most people usually have to wait six to nine months. Um, sorry, it just, you know, we have a waiting list of 300 people. There's not much I can do. But, um, you know, with all of that, you know, the, the big thing I always end up getting asked is, you know, how do you find time for everything? Like everything that you do, whether it's the podcast, like they were worried bringing me in with this job, you know, like, okay, well, how are you going to do your job in the podcast? And I'm like, so think about this. I spent six hours a month recording interviews. Okay. That's six hours in one week. I can do six hours. Okay. Those six hours will give me maybe seven to eight hour uh, episodes, maybe six if I'm unlucky and every episode was an hour long, Um, but six to eight episodes. So I potentially right there in that one week have two months worth of episodes. My son produces them. I spend my weekends, you know, I spend about 20, 30 minutes to record my intros and outros. Sometimes I throw things because I just can't, I, you know, tongue twisted. I can't get, get things right. Um, I broke a couple coffee mug that way. Like just, it's the 15th time trying to record one phrase that sticks me up. Uh, but it comes down to how do you get everything, everything done? And it, it, it really just comes down to commitment and saying what you're doing. Uh, doing what you're saying. Right. Well, again, you can spend as much time as you want on something. Okay. But sometimes after a while, you're just kind of wasting time and slow poking and looking around and being uh, distracted by the uh, fast, quick moving squirrel, as they say. But I don't do that. Like I said, I focus, compartmentalize. I, you know, you talk about shark bites, Greg Norman, the golfer. Uh, businessman, his nickname is a shark. He says he does a lot of different things. Compartmentalize. Like right now, I'm doing an interview with you. As soon as I'm done, I have a meeting to go to. Uh, So again, you don't waste time. Um, You you cut through the fat, get it done, get it done properly, which is incredibly important, and move on to the next thing. And uh, that's just how I do it. And I also get to 
I spend a lot of time with my wife and daughter and, and quality time, not just, you know, quantity, quantity and quality. And um, I'm able to do it. I try to get away with sitting on the couch watching Netflix. And then when they're like, yeah, we're not doing nothing. I'm like, I'm watching Netflix. I'm with you guys. Like you're on the other side of the couch playing Roblox. Like we're good. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, uh, I try that sometimes. Only when I'm tired and I, I really just want to unplug. You need to recharge your batteries. And um, some people need longer to recharge their batteries than others. I, I don't need a whole lot of time. You know, even if we go on vacation, to be honest with you, even on vacation, I have the phone ready. I'm always working. Um, and, and, uh, cause the phone is always ringing, which is good. Cause I remember when the phones weren't ringing and that's where, I mean, so going back to the major point, and I forgot to make the final point of what I was starting to say when I was speaking last time, my last blob of, of, of speak there, I wanted to come back to, I think really where I drive my company not sometime is the fact that I get things off my plate very quickly. I do not let things build up to where it's like, I got a billion tasks because then I'm going to be overwhelmed. I'm going to be frustrated. And now I may take on a billion tasks, but those billion tasks are organized and structured and I have a plan of attack and I don't have the, it's like they're not overdue and building up and I have that pressure. And I think that's where I drive them nuts sometimes, uh, especially because, you know, they're very, you know, Latin America with Latin and, uh, you know, they have a lot of people down there have that manana attitude where they're like, yeah, we'll get it tomorrow, which means like next month, probably. And, you know, we're talking about things and they're like, yes. And I'm already implementing it. Like, okay, I got this halfway done, like an hour later or a day later, whatever it may be. I don't take my time. I just move, get it done, execute, finish. And, you know, it's good and bad. It's bad because sometimes, uh, you know, people kind of have to be careful. They're learning like, okay, like, do we actually want him doing this or not? Because if not, we've got to tell him to hold off because by the time we hang up this phone call, he'll already be done it. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, I, I guess you could say a double-edged sword with that. What do you think about that? Well, it, it is, but not really because <clears throat> my mom always taught me, do your work then go have your fun or leisure or rest up or whatever. And I remember several years ago uh, for the scouting business, I had to do a lot of public relations work. I had to make some calls, send some emails and all that kind of stuff. So I just decided it was raining outside and I love going out for a walk in the rain. So I went out and I literally took 10 steps away from my house. And what was I thinking about? The work I had to do and I couldn't enjoy the walk. So I turned around, finished my work. So that's what I do. I tell my daughter the same thing. Get your work done first. Get it off your shoulders, off of your plate, as you said. Then then you can go and enjoy yourself. So that's... I think most people that are watching or listening to this, by the way, you can watch us now on Spotify. We have video on Spotify. Uh, you, if you're watching or listening to this, I, I'm sure most people can relate to that exact feeling because... I've gone through a lot of the same stuff. And yes, there are some items that I drag my feet on. Now, I drag my feet on some items on purpose, and it rides my conscience very, very hard. Like you were just speaking, where I can't enjoy myself outside. It's a lot of pressure, and every day it's like a kettle iron. But I do that because 
I, I guess I would say there's something that I want to do, something that I need to accomplish, but I don't know my exact, you know, way of attack or attack point or the angle I need to go at it for. I need to figure that out. And until that comes to me, you know, I need that starting point. And, and I don't know, maybe it's just me, but that's how I am with my creative abilities. I've got to wait till that start comes for me. And once that starts, like I finally get that triggered, then it's like everything just flowing. And then I may look at it again, like a couple hours or a day later, and I may end up changing everything. But then the task is, is completed because, you know, I needed that, that, that jab just to get things started. You, you know what I mean? Have you been, have you had experiences like that? Well, for me, it's just keeping the momentum going. Right. You know, and uh, because we can be distracted, as I said earlier, uh, be it by a phone call or a text or an email. And, and not that I won't take a phone call, text or an email if it's important. Um, and then I'll go back into that lane that I was on. But um, for me, again, it's all about momentum, keeping that thing going and then moving on to the next uh, thing. I, I know. Right. Th there, there's just all not just business tasks or work. Um, there's everyday things we can, even when you go shopping, you have your list of things to get, get them. You'll see some people that look around, they, they look at the sky, they look at the contents, then they'll send a text, move, let's get going. Turn, I always, I tell my team all the time, turn it up. And that's what they have to do when you're shopping, when you're doing it. There's a time to for, for leisure, time to watch TV, time to go fishing, time to sleep, time to, you know, so again, the number one question that I get probably is how do I do all the things that I do? And really, it, it's not hard for me because I'm so used to getting them done mm -hmm. and moving on to the next thing, but at the same time, doing them well. That's a big important thing I think people overlook is – getting things done and getting things done fast but the quality of that work is also very critical and very important as well too getting things done doesn't mean jack if you don't actually have something done that's done proper that's done legit that is you know has some thought put into it that's done correctly and it drives me nuts where I see maybe it's a sales rep, you know, checking all these boxes down um, like, oh, yeah, look at how much I did. I, I'm, I'm a rock star, uh, you know, but reality is, is they're selling a 40 hour project when it needs to be a 400 hour project. And therefore, we end up with nothing but a big mess. And it was easily preventable if they actually did their job, did it with quality sold the right amount of hours for the work, which they could have, but instead they were afraid to and took the, the cheap road. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, without question. And I, I also, one of the things I also own a landscaping business, which my dad started years ago. And I remember even being with him, we, we would go in, do the work, do it right, okay, and move on to the next job. And, uh, you know, I'm not criticizing other companies, everybody does what they do. But they might go in there full blast and leave, but it doesn't look good. So guess what happens? You're not going to keep that job. So, again, you want to do it, get in there, do your work, do it right, get out, move on to the next thing. Right. So 
Let's go back in history, talk about coaching. You are the head coach at uh, Carnegie Mellon University, okay? Um, how did that happen? How did you start in the coaching world and how did you end up getting the head coaching gig? Let's talk a little bit about that. Well, how I got the coaching uh, position was I was scouting for four years with the global scouting bureau, which. Okay. So you actually started scouting before you were actually a coach. Oh no, no, no. I've been coaching since I was 18, 1983. Yeah. Uh, the original goal was uh, it started for me, August 19th, 1973. I was eight years old. Went to my very first pirate game at Three River Stadium, and I knew right then and there what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I had never been to a game, never watched a game. My parents were from Italy. They liked soccer and boxing. But my uncle used to work at Three River Stadium, and right then and there, I knew what I wanted to do the rest of my life. So the, that was a good player, but that didn't work out. So I started coaching at, at age 18 at my old high school. Uh, then I became head coach at 23 and then start coaching college and went from there. So I've been I've been working in baseball since for 40 years now. So I got, but my dream was always to be in professional baseball. Like I said, I came home that day as an eight-year-old kid and my dad said, did you have a good time? And I said, I did, but I know what I want to do with the rest of my life. And he said, what's that? I said, I want to work in, in professional baseball. And he very simply said, okay, if that's what you want to do, me and your mother will do everything we can to give you every opportunity in the world to make your dreams come true. And my mom said, if that's what you want, we'll, we'll do whatever we can for you. And they kept their promise. I had unbelievable parents. There's an old saying, if you if you ever see a turtle on top of a fence post, you know he didn't get there alone. So I certainly, whatever it is, trophies or balls or over here, it wasn't for my parents. None of these things happened. You do have a lot of trophies, a lot of balls back there. Uh, I want to go over some of your background because it is one of the more interesting backgrounds we have, but let's wait a minute for that. Let's finish this topic, then we'll go there. And But I, I kept trying to get in pro baseball, kept getting rejected, kept getting rejected. And then finally in 2001, make a long story short, James Gamble of the Global Scouting Bureau um, hired me to be a scout for the Global Scouting Bureau, which we deal with every league in the world. And then I was promoted to general manager the next year. I've been with them. Okay, that was one of my questions. The Global Scouting Bureau, they scout for all the leagues around the world. It's not like it's a MLB exclusive league. Major League Baseball organization, independent, overseas, um, Asian market, uh, Venezuela, Colombia. If you have a pro team, we can we can help you. How young are you looking at? You know, some of these people potentially are kids. I mean, how young are you looking at prospects? See, I could have asked that a very naughty way. I could have been like, "How how young do you want them?" Uh, but uh, I'm trying not to get this episode banned. Right. Well, you know, it, usually maybe even a senior in high school if he's good enough. But usually college. And former release players. So, you know, that that 17 and up. How do you know if they're like 17, 18? Okay, they play for a local high school. How does, like, um, you're outside of Pittsburgh, okay? Say there's some kid in Oklahoma, you know, whiz kid, all-star, like, he totally rocks it. How does that word travel from that small Oklahoma high school all the way out to you so that you get an idea to check him out? Well, we have contacts all over the world. 
People send us referrals on players, information on players. Of course, we have to put our stamp on it and take a look at them. We also have a portal that if we don't look at them, we can't physically see them. They send their information to us. We put it on our portal. And then if a, if a, if a scout or a scouting director or a coach sees it, then we can go from there. But, um, you know, we, we do a good job. We have very, very accurate scouting reports whenever we see them. And uh, we've done a great job. James L. Gamble is, runs a fantastic company. But um, so he gave me the job in 2001 and made my dreams come true, our dreams come true with my parents. And then in 2005, a kid who was kind of like an intern for us, long story short, made a connection with uh, Carnegie Mellon, was looking for a coach, re recommended me. I interviewed for it, and I've been with them now for 18 years and have coached unbelievable people. And you've won some championships, right? Yeah, we, we've had uh, – Carnegie Mellon wasn't really known much for baseball for many years, but uh, we, we have some great players. We, we've had some great seasons. We've had some tough seasons, but that's that comes with every team. But um, it, I, I thoroughly enjoy coaching there. I, I hope I can get another 18 years out of it, and I hope I can get another 22 years out of scouting professionally. Let's put the, separate the scouting from the, the coaching for a second. You're, you, you just said that you wish that you can get another 18 years out of coaching. You are really that happy with the university that you're at. You won't think of a bigger um, you know, a bigger school or maybe even a lower level coach in the pro leagues or something like that? Like, would you, at this point in your career, are you content where you're at or are you still looking for advancement? Great question. Uh, Jim Valvano, who, if you've never heard of him, was a very dear friend of mine. He was a championship coach of the 1983 NC State basketball team. And if you ever turn on ESPN, they'll have the Jimmy V Cancer fund. But anyway, he used to say, uh, don't mess with happy, number one. Number two, I have been offered pro jobs over the years and uh, from different parts of the world to here in the United States. And I've turned them down because, number one, I like where I'm at in life. I always want to accomplish more, though. Always, always looking to do more. Um, Dan Marino always says you can do more. You can always do more. Yes. But um, now, would I listen to somebody? And I have listened. If it's if it if it hits me, then yeah, you know we'll see. But um, I, I love Carnegie Mellon. I love the university. I love the players that I coach. I love the scouting bureau. I love James Gamble. Um, but uh, well, if you got an offer, you'd consider it. But I mean, okay, so I I can really relate with that because as I said earlier, I changed positions. I was was with my old job for well over. Uh, seven years and basically it was super secure i mean year over year growth i mean 2022 versus 2021 i actually did 230 percent year over year growth it was a killer year for us and that's mostly because uh, i mean we handled business as usual and probably would have been like 115 120 percent of what our planned growth was but uh to hit 230 it's because i closed a 15 million dollar project uh, not just me, my team helped, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we, we closed the major project, but, uh, I ended up giving that up and my security blanket for the company I'm at now. And I did it because one, well, it was moving up. It was giving me a VP title instead of, uh, uh, 
general manager, although the general manager position is kind of like a regional CEO type position for that company. Um, I did like the initials, uh, getting that formally, finally VP in front of my name, but, um, it was also because that they're an $800 million company, 10 times larger than the company it was at, uh, globally with about seven, 8,000 employees, seven, 8,000 customers globally. And they're one of only nine platinum partners. And what they were doing in the U.S., it was not working. And that's where they decided, hey, from a global level, we're hitting reset. And they brought in some of their most successful people, but they were from Argentina. And it came down to like, hey, these people are great. They understand the fundamentals of business and stuff like that. But there's still a little bit of difference as far as the cultural aspect of it, the commerce aspect of it, and having that subject matter expert. And bam, that's where I fall into place here with the company. So I only gave that up because of the size of the company, the status of the company, even though I know that they were um, not a train wreck, but rebuilding in the US, I guess you could put it. Um, even though I knew it was that status, I found it attractive because of what, who the company was, what they were doing, how big they are otherwise, and the fact that it's a clean slate. I am building the sales culture from the ground up. I'm built, hiring all the sales reps. And that's where, for me, that, that was the first opportunity. I mean, my inbox is full of opportunities for this or, or for that. And, you know, I don't even respond to, to most of them. I'm like, some of them I look at, I'm like, really? You want to pay me 30000 a year salary? Like, have you even looked at my resume? But, uh, you know, it, it's just some of them are insulting. Like, they're just spamming me, it seems like. But I don't, you know... I would not have left the job unless it was something as big and as good as this is that allows me to kind of get to the next level of my career. That's where it has helped me make that move. And because of how large they are globally, it gave me confidence, even though that they're restructuring, rebuilding, all that stuff that things would be, that they had the financial backing to be stable in the U.S. because it is covered by the global organization. So that, that, that to me is where I come in. I think that kind of is where you have some parallels as well, too, that if you got something like what I got, you'd highly consider it. You're just not going to automatically shut the door. Well, and, and those are great points that you mentioned. And I'll say this. Um, money is extremely important to me, as bad as that may sound. You know what? Isn't that so like a uh, cliche anymore? Because people used to say that, you oh, never say that you're driven by money during an interview. I'm like, I'm in sales. If I'm not driven by money, guess what? Uh, like you're, I'm in the wrong, uh, wrong profession. And I will tell everybody. Money and commissions is what drives me. And that's the only thing that I go after. If I'm not getting money and commission, um, you know, prestige titles, all that stuff, that comes with making the money, I view. Uh, that, that comes on the coattails of success, you know? And that's where, you know, it comes down to money. But sorry, go ahead. No, no, it, it is. And, you know, you'll hear people say, oh, you can't take it with me. Well, I'm not trying to take it with me. I need it now. But anyway, you know, I have I have a wife and a daughter that are incredibly important to me. And my dad used to say, keep the wolf away from the door, which are the bill collectors or whatever, the, you know, repairs. Or 
So I, I try to do that. I've never heard of a, a bill collector being called a wolf, but uh, that that's funny. Yeah, that's an Italian thing. But you know, I got Italian. I'm a half Italian as well too. So there you go. But you know, for me, I I like to have my cake and eat it too. So I'm working in pro baseball, working college baseball, do all the things that I'm doing, speaking the whole nine years, and I've never missed one of my daughter's events. Okay. And that's, that's very important to me. She's 21. She's a senior at Pitt. She's going to go to grad school. She's a captain of the Pitt color guard. She's a senior at Pitt, but she's not, she doesn't go to the school you coach at. No, 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 no. Which is right next to they're They're basically connected. They're, they're, the schools are connected. But um, so, you know, I, I, we, we go to the football games. We, we, it's an event for us and we love doing it. So I want my cake and need it too. What's the point of, working all the time, but not knowing your family. So I want both, but back to your original. Well, you definitely have the benefit that, I mean, she goes to a university that is close to where you work, where you live. So that allows you some flexibility. Unfortunately, not everybody has that type of, uh, you know, luxury, I guess you could say. She she chose to go there and, and there was other schools that she could have gone to. And she lives here. She still lives at home, which is, Perfect. So again, she goes to a major university, does the color guard thing, has her college experience, but she lives here having your cake and eat it too. But again, if an or cannoli, that's fine too. I don't eat a whole lot of cannolis, believe it or not. You know, I like cannolis. I love cannolis. You know, the thing is, I'm just in love with uh, ricotta cheese. Anything that's got ricotta in it, I'll eat it. So cannolis. If, if, if it has a vowel at the end of it, it'll be good. Trust me. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'll remember that. But yeah, you know, like I said, I, I, uh, if like, like with the speaking thing, I have something that should be announced soon that I'm going to be connecting with a company that I'm going to be representing them speaking wise. There'll be a lot of engagements. So I'm going to be doing a lot of that. That's actually what I wanted to ask you about next. Uh, you were saying about your impact speaking. Is that what you're talking about? And if so, give us all those details. Yeah. Well, I'm going to announce soon once it's official with this company, it's kind of unofficial. It's going to happen. Just waiting to cross the T's and dot the I's, but I'm going to be speaking, representing this company. Uh, to speaking to different companies and to high schools. The high schools be more motivation to uh, how to get from point A to point B. But dealing with companies will be a little motivation, I'm sure, but also leaderships coming from my book. But so it isn't like I'm not doing anything else. And also the scouting company and coaching allows me to do these different things. Whereas if I coached on a higher level or scouted for a particular team, I wouldn't have the flexibility and the diverse career that I'm having. I like to have different funnels of income. I don't like to put all my eggs in one basket. So that's something I wanted to ask you there. I, I hope this isn't uh, too personal for you, but I mean, if you only had the head coaching job or the global scouting job, would you be able to live or uh, do you like to maintain a certain level of lifestyle and only because you're working your buns off uh, doing all these different things that enables you to be at that level that you're like, yes, this is where this is my rock star status. This is where I'm happy. Well, I, I know for an absolute fact that I could coach on a higher level, major league level. I know for an absolute fact that I could coach for our scout for a major league team. I enjoy Carnegie Mellon. I enjoy the Global Scouting Bureau. And again, 
I like having different funnels of income. I always will. My dad used to say, never, again, never put your put all your eggs in one basket. So I don't because, you know, maybe this will die down. Maybe I also train, do a lot of uh, hitting lessons. Maybe the hitting lessons will, will, will not be as uh, successful that particular year, but then maybe something else will pick up. So I just don't like to put, this is just me. For me, other people, you know, like my wife, she's a teacher. She's been doing that since 1991, I believe. And and that's good. She she tutors and stuff like that. But she's that and that feel, and that's terrific. Okay. With my jobs, you never know. So again, I like to do different things. And you, you never know. Again, Greg Norman used to say that uh he doesn't know when he's no longer gonna be number one golfer in the world. So he wants to prepare for that. Alex Rodriguez is somebody else who I study, Magic Johnson, study these guys every day. And and they say that, um, you know, an act two, be ready for that. And and so I'm preparing for that uh, when, because I'm only 58. I'm still young, still have very, a lot of energy. Yeah, you don't look at day over 57. I, I, I work on it. And, and uh, thank you. But um, again, so I enjoy coaching, enjoy scouting. But one of these days, maybe, you know, I, I don't know. Hopefully, like I said, I get another 18 years out of CMU, another 22 years out of the Global Scouting Bureau. But um, I want to do these other things. And be as productive as possible, continue to accomplish as much as possible, continue to take care of my family as much as possible, and make sure that we keep the wolf away from the door. And um, and I enjoy doing those things. Let me ask you then, okay, it seems like you've made a lot of your dreams come true, okay? And obviously, I mean, I, I can read between the lines that it's been hard work, it's been dedication, it's been you know, scheduling priorities as far as family, personal, business, being 24-7. Um, you know, I can read between the lines and tell why you've been able to make your dreams come true, but we have a lot of people listening that they may not have been able to catch up. Maybe they're younger executives or whatever. And I, I would love to hear it from you out of your mouth. Can you tell me really how you got from point A to point B in making those dreams come true? It's uh, another great question. This company that I'm going to be representing, um, yes, I will tell my story to the audience, but how do you put it in a, in a, in a capsule or a, in, in, a, in, a, in a cup, whatever? And I thought of the word top, T-O-P. You have to be tough. You have to, be, you have to overcome and you have to be persistent. Okay. Obviously you have to have talent and you have to work hard. That That's obvious, but you're going to have to deal with a lot of rejection. You're going to have to do a lot of obstacles that you have to overcome and you have to be persistent. You have to be tough. You're going to hear a lot of negative things. You're going to be told you can't do it. Are you sure you're not a sales rep? I mean, that's exactly what you need for sales. If you have an opening, give me a call. I'll be calling you later. <laughs> but, but you know, the, the, I, I, so whenever I speak, I do want to have impact back to Jim Valvano. He said that was his favorite word, the word impact. That so many people had impact on me. But again, you know, being tough, Whenever people say, now nah, you're not going to make it and or people who you're working for make it harder than it than it has to be. And you'll read in my book some of those things that have happened. Or then when my mom, my, my I, I adored my mother. Watching her get sick at age 48 and passing away, I had to overcome that. I didn't give a damn about anything at that moment. Right? Then I had to be persistent. I had over 137 rejection letters that I kept. 
in, in, in baseball, right? Just hoping that one would would want me or even speaking engagements. You're not, not everybody's going to say yes to you or, or interview requests or whatever the case is. You have to be tough. You have to overcome interview requests. I'm trying to get Joe Perry on here for 200th episode. So uh, I idolize Joe Perry. I got the little Aerosmith tattoo, but let, let me say this too. And, and I mentioned to you a, a, a story when I mentioned August 19th, 1973, when I was eight years old, the starting pitcher's name was Jim Rooker. Jim and I are very good friends, and we play in celebrity golf tournaments together. The first baseman's name was Al Oliver. Al and I were inducted into the same Hall of Fame a few years ago, and he's been on my show as Jim. Jim was my first guest, and Al's a friend. The second baseman's name was Rennie Stennett. Rennie invited me to the 1979 Pirate Reunion they had a few years ago. Unfortunately, Rennie passed. Great man. The left fielder's name was Willie Stargell. I won a Willie Stargell Lifetime Achievement Award, and the opposing pitcher that day, the opposing pitcher was a guy named Juan Marichal, Hall of Famer. We signed his grant, his nephew to a pro contract. Now, if you would have told me back then, hey, eight-year-old Claudio, come here. These things are going to happen to you. Say, ah, you're crazy. But they did. But you may also have thought the eight-year-old eight self, you may also have looked at those things like, dude, that's boring. I don't care. Uh, you know, I don't like it. You might not have even found it interesting at that point in your life, too. I did, though. Yeah, th these guys were, were larger than life to me. That's why I had that attraction. I didn't even know if I had any talent in the game. I just knew that when I, when I was there, seeing these guys and they were nice to me. I didn't even know who they were, but something hit me. And I said, that's what I want to do. It was, it was a thunderbolt. And again, as the Italians say, when you, when you fall in love, that was it. But if that happened, if that happened to me, it can happen to anybody. But again, you have to work hard and you have to have talent. That goes without saying. Even if you work hard and you have talent, that doesn't guarantee that you're going to succeed. It guarantees that your chances for succeeding, have, you have a chance. Now, if you don't work hard, you're not going to that. You're not going to succeed. Yeah. Well, there are some people that just get lucky. I mean, I mean honestly, there, there, there are people that just all they do is they trip, they fall, and they fall into a pile of cash. There's an old, another old Italian saying: If you're lucky, you can cast your bait into a fire hydrant and catch fish. But now, some people will say that I've been lucky. They'll, they'll, see a, they'll see me at a celebrity golf tournament or having a show or on TV or doing an interview like this or writing a book or coaching or winning a championship or whatever. Trust me when I tell you, you know, people can say that's luck, whatever. I know the hell I went through. I know the rejections I went through. I know the people who busted my chops, what I went, and people who I cared for. And through people don't understand what you did to get there. No, they see the baby, but they don't see the labor pains. Right. Exactly. And that, that is something that always, uh, drives me nuts as well, too. You know, it, it it's like people, you know, the old saying, don't judge a book by its cover, I think. Although you can judge, that's a good looking picture on my cover, but that's a good story. But, but the thing is, though, the thing is, though, David, is that, you know, people will say, oh, you've accomplished this and you've accomplished that. Yeah, okay, but I, I think I can do more. And, and I, I'm going to do more. That's being driven. That's, that's pure drive right there. Without question. Like, for example, the, the boxing show. It is whether I have two great partners, Luther Dupree Jr. Yeah, let's talk about your, your TV shows real quick, what you do and how they became a show. Well, we did a show years ago called Ring Talk, which was just local here in Pittsburgh. That's it. 
I believed in this show because of all three of us together. We have a great rapport. It's a, it's, I'm just my opinion, but it's the best boxing show out there. It's not, oh, this guy threw a left and a right and he got punched. Eh, we, we add a lot of flavor to it. Kind of like Joe Rogan in the MMA. Um, I, I think we're the best show out there. That, that's just me. But, but again, we're informative and we're entertaining. And we're on a, a channel called Channel Box. And we're affiliated with the WBC Boxing's Biggest Federation. But we're, we want to we want to make it even bigger. OK, we're, we're not happy with just that now. Um, so uh, we, that's how that came. How are you going to make it bigger, though? By putting it out there. Um, if you don't ask, it's already a no. So we are we we we're associated with Vive Television Network, V I V E E Television Network. John and Danielle uh, Jackman own that and run it, and they believed in us. So now they put us on this level, and now hopefully all of us can go to another level if you're seen by the right eyes and right timing. And we're going to keep pushing for that. Do you put your shows on digital media platforms as well, too, or clips or segments? Well, we're we're on a on a on a show. I mean, some people it's on TV, as smart TV, whatever you call it, but it's called Channel Box. And if you click on the WBC Live link, you can watch it. We're also on on. Uh, Luther has a YouTube channel, PGH Big Dog. You'll see us there. And, um, and we also do a show called Steel City Sports World, by the way. But that's local here in Pittsburgh. But um, so the boxing show, then then my podcast, I I just felt I knew all these athletes. Excuse me. So why not try, you know, interview them? And not just talk about you won a game, you lost a game. Everybody knows about that. I want to know what they did how they got to where they got, but how they were able to live after their careers are over. They're act two, act three. Um, so, you know, all these, and then the new show, the Italian Impact Weekly, State, Steve Mancini uh, and I came up with this concept and we, um, it's going very well on the radio. So uh, I enjoy doing the media thing. So my second act or third act, whatever you want to call it, is I'm looking to go higher, deeper and make more in the speaking world and uh in the media world i mean i find it amazing with all that you're doing and we're talking about so many different topics and in each one of them it's like you have drive to do more and bigger and better on each one of them so i find that that's amazing energy and you know especially again like you don't look a day over 57 so we'll stick with 57 for your age and, you know, having that drive and attitude, you know, an energy level at that, like, that's amazing, my friend, that that is amazing. So last topic, before we get all your info about all the 500 shows you just told us is, uh, let's talk about some of those baseballs, plaques, trophies and medals hanging around behind you. Well, the first one is right over there somewhere. It was July of 1977. I was 12 years old. And I was so proud when I got that. And I told my mom, I want to have a room someday full of trophies and plaques because I saw two people that I idolized, Mario Andretti and Bruno Sammartino, the wrestler, uh, had rooms like that. So I've been fortunate. And um, I have a bunch of game balls. Some of them are important wins or a championship or uh, things like that. And I have some trophies uh, below here as well. Here, let me kind of. Tilt this a little bit. I got some trophies there as well. And I have some other ones in the other room. Um, so, look, at the end of the day, 
you can be the greatest coach in the world. But if you don't have the players, the right people to coach, you're not going to win anything. Um, I've been so lucky to have great people to coach that have brought me to tears. They really have. And again, you'll read that in the book. I just want to pause right there for one moment because light bulb goes off. And this is the exact reason why I brought you on. Even though you're baseball, you're an entrepreneur. You're you're a serial entrepreneur, literally. Um, but besides that, uh, what you just said about, you know, the coach and the team, okay, that is exactly a sales, you know, that that is the sales manager, the VP of sales, VP of biz dev and their sales team, like my situation, my team, it's, I've got to have the team and I, I, I am the coach as you would be the baseball coach. So, you know, it, it, it's a two-part thing to where you need both pieces to go together and flow together or else you're not going to have that winning combination. Without question, and I use the example, when I was in college, I had great math teachers. I didn't pay attention. My mind was, I was looking at, at the Three River Stadium. But anyway, it wasn't their fault. You need both. You need, you know, they say in real estate, what, what's the three most important things are real estate. Good location, good location, good location. I used to say the three most important things in business, coaching, and life was good people, good people, good people. And I've changed that. It's really the three most important things in, in business, in coaching, and in life are the right people, the right people, the right people. I think I'm a good guy, but if you ask me to help you you know, uh, make a website, I'm the wrong guy. I can't do that. So that's just not me. So I've been so lucky, so blessed, so grateful to have the right people to coach, the right people to work work with. And when you have the right people, you have a shot to succeed. And um, at the end of the day, you know, like I said, I, I yes, I've worked like crazy and study coaching and all that kind of stuff. But if you don't have the players to the special people who can play, you're not going to win. And, and even in business, I did a speech not long ago about management employee relationships. And, and the management, you know, they have to be approachable. They have to care. Dave Vermeule, the Super Bowl winning coach who I had on my show, he used to say, and that's the theme of my book, is um, the, your players, your people, your employees, they won't care how much you know till they know how much you care. Once they know how much you care, they'll go through or underneath or over top of a wall for you. And, and, and at the same time, you know, and again, you'll see it in the book, this one young man, he, he started up this birthday cake for me. Right. And I was touched and, and it's happened many times, but then the next day he didn't kind of do something I wanted him to do. I had to get on him. So it isn't like, Oh yeah, they gave me a birthday cake. The next day they can walk all over me. That's not me. That's not how I do it. OK, like and, and you have to adjust in life, in business and coaching and everything. If it's cold out, David, you wear a coat. If it's hot, you'll wear shorts. If it's raining, you put up an umbrella. In other words, you have to make adjustments. OK, give me a birthday cake. Thank you. Love you guys. The next day, if I have to get on you, I got to get on you. Yeah, no, that's solid, solid advice. I mean, that's how you avoid losing the World Series and losing the Super Bowl within the, and the, the Major League Soccer Championship all within a 90 day span. Philadelphia. <laughs> but I got to say this, but I got to say this, you know, again, uh, I've, I've been so blessed uh, to, to have my wife, uh, Linda, for we're going on 25 years. We have a beautiful, wonderful daughter, Ida, who I, I couldn't ask for a better daughter. 
And, and, and again, my parents, um, if I talk too much about them, you know, I, I get emotional because my dad passed 18 years ago and my mom 35 years ago, she was only 48. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. They, they love me so much. Did it, but if I cut off the lane, they fixed it, but I didn't get out of the lane too much. But just I, I, I try to honor my parents. I, I, we have a, a, a tournament named after them. I named my daughter after my mom, Ida. My dad's name was Olindo. Um, unbelievable. So whatever talent I have or don't have, whatever, I'm, if they didn't give me the opportunity and, and, and the drive and the passion and they, so that's why I say our dreams came true. I, I'm just. Parents are a big part of the dream or the driving force why you're doing what you're doing. It's either out of love or hate. <laughs> and I'll say this, the people who were against me and you, I don't mention names or titles, but in the book, you'll see it. The people who were against me, the one to see me fail, that, that laughed at me when things weren't going the way I, we wanted them to go because my career was up and down, up and down. And then I disappeared for a couple Mine was too. We have a lot of similarities. Then I got a job for when I disappeared. Then I got a job at a, a, at a small high school here in Pittsburgh, outside of Pittsburgh, for $800 a year. Then I got my pro job. But my point is the ups and downs of life even when my mom passed, there was one idiot relative who, you know, I'll never forget. I can tell you where it was at the funeral home. I was 23, and he, he comes up to me. He says, well, now you really got to quit baseball, grow up, and be a man. Now, why would you say that to me? He's not a bad guy. He used to fluff his hair up to, 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 to cover the horns, this guy. But it's another story. But my point is, you know, uh, it, th that motivated me. You know, your worst enemy can be your best ally. Yes, the love of my parents. I, I want to take care of my wife and daughter. Without question, that's a motivator for me. But those people who dogged me, those people who were against me, those people who wanted to see me fail, be it family or professionally or friends. I didn't have very, very many friends who did that. I'm, I'm very lucky. But some family members and some people that I worked. The same thing with me. I mean, it's like, the, get, the hat, get your head out the cloud, boy. You know, and it's like, no, I'm looking at goals that I want to set in the future and reach. That's not in the clouds. You know, that's uh, one eye on the future, one eye on the present. It hurt me, but I didn't let it keep me down, you know. And, and real quick, last thing on my end anyway, the, 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 the guy whose favorite, his favorite best donkey that he had uh, fell into a oil, uh, into a water well. He loved that donkey, but he got he fell. He said, I can't save him. So what he did was, he it was a horse or a donkey, whatever the story goes, he threw dirt on him to bury him, kept throwing dirt. Well, as the, the man shoveling dirt onto the, just say the horse, the horse kept shaking it off and stepping on the dirt, kept shaking it off and stepping on the dirt until all of those things, then he was able to jump out of the water water well. So all the negative things that had happened to me, okay, and there was a lot of them, a lot of them, trust me when I tell you, that, that made things harder than they had to be. It was hard enough to accomplish this dream because there was no set pattern. But as, as hard as it was, yes, I got knocked down. Did I ever want to quit? Of course I did. Of course I did. But I didn't. And, and I kept going. I kept shoveling or shaking the dirt off until I was able to get out of the well. But like I said, that doesn't mean, I, you know, the old boxer, Ray Boom Boom Mancini always says, it's a quick trip from the penthouse to the outhouse. Or Jackie Robinson, Jackie Robinson wrote a book, and it was titled, I Never Had It Made. 
I'm grateful for things, but you'll never see me put my hands behind my head, feet up on the desk and say, I'm good. I'm always going to keep striving for more, always. That's just me. So we do got to wrap up, and I will easily, gracefully gloss over the fact that you just told me that your buddy was burying a horse alive. But, um, <laughs> but can you, can you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you please, uh, uh, oh, that's good to know that it's a metaphor. I missed that part. Oh, no, no, I thought you were, you were giving it a real story. True. No, no, oh, no. Okay, okay, okay. It's just a story. Yeah, you scared me for a, a second. That I heard to, uh, to exemplify that you're going to get dirt. Your people are going to want to bury you. Things right, are going to right, happen. right. And use that. Right, right, right. Please. No, I love you, animals. Love animals. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want Peter coming after us. So thank you. Thank you, Claudio. So last question I've got for you is you got a lot of stuff going on. What is the best place for people to reach out to you, to find out more about you, your podcast, your TV show, your, you know, everything? If you could take a minute or so and, and give us some links. And they can email me too uh, with anything, but uh, you can go to my website at claudiorelsano.com, which I'm sure you'll put up. Uh, I just went off to spell it, but that's it. Go to claudiorelsano.com or look me up on Google Claudio Rosano and all those things will pop up. Wow, that was so much easier than I thought. I thought you were going to give us like 50 different links. But uh, just for those that are listening only, it's Rosano. Oh, uh, I, I got to mention, go to ItalianImpactWeekly.com. Steve Mancini will kill me if I don't mention. That's where the Italian <laughs> show is. And uh, so I told you about the boxing show and my podcast is on my website, but ItalianImpactWeekly.com. Right. And the last name is spelled R-E-I-L-S-O-N-O. -O. All of our listeners know we always put the link right below the description. So you have the link to the website, but you also have a link to his book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up. I got a special little, um, you know, autographed edition here from you, Claudio. Thank you so much for sending this to me. I'm sure it's going to give me a ton of inspiration and some ideas and, you know, really help me push myself to the next level. So I'm very grateful that you sent it to me. Hey, thank you so much for coming on the show and just being who you are. You're an amazing dude. As are you. And, and thank I you. really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. Hopefully, who knows down the road, we can do something together. But I really, oh, I'd really love to. Uh, we should you. speak together. I want to get my anti-luncheons coming back together. Where the, we get a gourmet meal, and the appetizer is chocolate cake, and then you start from there um, because it's the anti-luncheon, and you make it with non-typical speakers, and it's a right. lot of fun. I love it. We, we, we got to talk. I, I want to get we'll that talk. going again. You got it. I appreciate okay. having you on. Thank you, and I hope your Thank audience enjoys this. Thank yep. you. Uh, wow, that was such an incredible interview with Claudio, right? First, though, you all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it sparked some warm and fuzzies, do me a favor, hit the like button, smash that subscribe button. But if you really want to help us out, because you know Shark Bite Biz is the greatest kept secret in the world of business growth, please share out to your friends, your family, your colleagues, anywhere that you're on in the interwebs, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Minds, uh, I don't care, Macedon, uh, Rumble, you know, everywhere out there. The point is just get the word out. Help people learn how to find professional growth, personal growth, and business growth, the three Gs with Shark Bite Biz. I'd love to see nothing more than Claudio Rilsano 
and Shark Bite Biz out there trending. Now let's get back to the real rock star of this show, Mr. Claudio Rosano. You know, I really didn't notice this until post-episode after we recorded and I re-listened to it. But with everything Claudio does, I mean, dude is straight up a serial entrepreneur. I mean, this man is busy. Time management has got to be one of his toughest things to be able to give everything there, you know, the love that it needs a certain amount of times between scouting, coaching, landscaping, and even his shows. That's a ton of different business lines and revenue right there. Plus, you know, we have to add in his book. I mean, it's like, how do you find time for everything? I get asked the same question all the time, and it really comes down to time management making sure it's dedicated. I live by the calendar, you know, something as simple as remember to practice guitar at 6 p.m. Goes off every single day so that I remember to practice guitar and I dedicate some time to it because I do want to get better. So, you know, it's really something that is critical for success. And as we're talking about success, you know, this episode also emphasizes the, what is it, the law of attraction or whatever it's called, you know, but you just cannot desire something and will it to come to you. You have to proactively be putting the steps in place, doing things to work towards that goal. But if you do that, And then you also have that law of attraction or the desire for something. You should be able to achieve it or get pretty darn close to achieving it. You know, it comes down to if you're not doing the work, it just won't magically manifest for you. And I think people need to realize that. Anyways, awesome stuff, Claudio. Thank you so much for coming on. Please check out his website and also grab his book. He was kind enough to send me an autographed copy of his book. So, you know, lead from the heart up, not the neck up. You can grab it, I believe, everywhere like Amazon, places like that. We'll have the link down below. Question of the day, okay, is when is the last time you made something off your wish list happen? Leave a comment down below on YouTube, or if you're listening or watching on Spotify, you can leave comments and answer questions about the episode there. So please give us an answer. Love to hear your feedback. Do you want to be in the show? Interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. Remember, if you're watching on Spotify, if you're watching on YouTube, you can join the channel. $3 a month helps us out. Every dollar that comes in goes right back into the show. And, you know, you basically get the privilege of becoming a baby shark. What's better than that, right? So also, we just got to give one last shout out to the sponsor of this episode, SAP Platinum Partner, Sador. Time to get off QuickBooks. Let's move your business up a notch. Give Sador a call or just reach out to me personally and we'll take care of you. Lastly, I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Bite Biz. We'll see you all next episode. Cheers. You just experienced Shark Bite Biz with David Strasser. Please like, comment, and subscribe to the show to help us spread the word about personal, professional, and business growth. Want to be on the show? Send an email to interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. A special shout out to our sponsor, SAP Platinum Partner, Sador. Get off QuickBooks and move your business to the next level. Reach out for more info. Thanks for listening and see you next time.